Welcome to Be Ready, where we are preparing our hearts and our minds for the return of Jesus Christ. Last time, we talked about the first century and what discipleship looked like, how the disciple learned from the rabbi, and he wasn't just trying to learn information, he was actually trying to become like his rabbi in every way. That was the standard, that's how learning looked in the Jewish system of learning back in the time of Jesus. And so that was the model that Jesus used, that he was using when his disciples came to follow him. As we look today, we're going to talk more about what that looks like to be a disciple. So translating from the first century to the 21st century, my name is Josiah Moldenhauer. Welcome. I'm glad to be with you all today. So I want to paint a little picture for you. Think of if you had a son or daughter. If you do have a son or daughter, this would be much easier for you. Um, think about having a child, and that child is in his or her room playing with a toy. And it's their favorite toy. They're just so so engrossed in playing with that toy that, that everything else is, is, is shut out. And so you're you're calling to them, and you want to get their attention. You're trying to tell them something, but they're not really listening. They they hear you, but they're not really listening. And a lot of times, that's how it is with God. We might hear something that He's trying to get our attention. He shows us in different ways through our circumstances, or maybe a Bible verse comes to mind, or something trying to get our attention trying to show us something, but we um, are distracted. We're occupied with texting or media, technology, our schedule, the tasks, the things that we have to do in the day, and life gets just gets so busy. The most important part in being a disciple of Christ, once we've been born again, we're on that faith journey, we have his Holy Spirit living inside us after we've been born again, it's listening. Listening is so important. Listening to his voice and what he's saying. If we listen to Jesus, then that shows that we really trust him. If we really trust him, trust his words, and believe in him, then that will show there will be evidence of that by our obedience of following what he says. So just like in the first century, when they left everything and their focus was on their master, our goal should be to have our focus on our master, Jesus Christ. In the first century, Jesus gave a very a very uh, high standard for following after him in terms of what the cost was. And I should say what the cost still is. Because as we said before, Jesus' call to follow him, it translates to us today. So I'm, I'm turning to the, the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 14. And here, in Luke chapter 14, verse starting at verse 25, now great crowds accompanied him. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, Yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, 
does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able to, with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while well, the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Jesus puts a high price tag on giving up our lives to follow him. Of course, Jesus says that we love our enemies and we do good to those who persecute us. So hate here is not the type of hate you'd have for someone, like a hatred, like wanting to kill someone. This is the type of hatred that is a comparison of showing that you love Jesus so much that you will leave your, your father and mother and all these, your, your commitment to Christ compared to all these other things in, in life is uh, in comparison, it's like hatred. A comparison of showing that our love for Christ is so strong that our devotion to other things in comparison to him is is that is unlikened to hatred. This doesn't mean that we leave our wife and children and abandon them. Of course, the Lord wants us to be committed to our, our wife, be committed to our, our children. And so, again, this is not endorsing something like leaving our family, leaving our commitment to our wife or children, but this is talking about where our devotion really is. So this word at the end where it says, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Jesus paints a very strong picture of giving up everything to follow him. This requires sacrificial obedience, taking steps of faith that do require sacrifice. And as our, our journey with Christ continues, there will be things that we will need to let go of, it's different for each person, of course, whatever that looks like, that we need to let go of in order to serve Christ. There's times in my life where I uh, was not with my family or near them in order to be doing mission work or talking about my parents, my parents and siblings, in order to do mission work or to be at college. And those were very small sacrifices, of course. That's just uh, small things. Those There's much greater sacrifices that people make for following Christ. Um, there's missionaries that go overseas and don't see their their kids or their family for uh, years. They can look like many different things. But regardless, our focus needs to be on the Lord Jesus and becoming like him. In John chapter 17, John chapter 17, starting at verse 16, Jesus is referring to his disciples that are with him, and he says, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Jesus here is praying to the Father. He's showing that they are not of the world just like he's not of the world. So we are different as, as Christ's disciples. We are different 
we are becoming we are like him and he sent us out to be like him in this world so how do we really listen and become more like him it all starts with knowing his word and this is a very important thing that we'll need we'll get into more next time and knowing the word of god helps us to know the author of the word helps us to know the word himself jesus christ a interpretive technique that the rabbis used and that jesus used in the first century that gives us a clue on how important knowing the context of scripture is it's called the remez remez i'm not sure if i'm saying that correctly r-e-m-e-z but it means hint and the rabbi with the remez he would quote a passage just a part of a passage and the people were to deduce what that meant based on an understanding of the broader context and so let's look at a couple examples of that so you can understand what we're talking about in matthew chapter 21 matthew chapter 21 jesus is in the temple and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them now, excuse me this is i'll tell you what verse i'm in matthew 21 verse 14 through 16. so the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them but when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple hosanna to the son of david they were indignant and they said to him do you hear what these are saying and jesus said to them yes have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have ordained praise. So here Jesus quotes Psalm 8, verse 2. And in that psalm, the Lord is being praised. Here, let's just turn there real quickly. If you have your Bibles, you can go there with me. Psalm 8, verse 2, or starting at verse 1, so we get the context. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength, which is translated also praise. It says you have ordained praise because of your foes. Here Jesus is quoting that. He's quoting that psalm and showing that he is God. Because you see in this psalm, it's speaking to the Lord. It's, it's praising the Lord. It's, it's showing that the Lord has ordained praise to come even from babies and infants for himself. And then you look at how Jesus quotes that when the kids are praising him in the temple and that is a marvelous showing that he is god jesus is god and he's worthy of praise so how important it is to know the context of scripture and then here in luke we're going to turn to luke chapter 19 and in luke 19 10 this is where zacchaeus who was a tax collector Jesus came to his house and he was forgiven of his Zacchaeus had had robbed people he had cheated people on their taxes and so he had told Jesus that he was going to to make it right he was going to repay people for what he had defrauded them he said he would restore it four times over what he had fourfold what had what he had defrauded them then Jesus says in verse 9 of chapter 19 of luke 19 today salvation has come to this house since he also is the son of abraham and the son of man came to seek and to save the lost so of course jesus is the son of man 
And he's saying the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now this is an allusion, quite likely, to Ezekiel chapter 34. In Ezekiel 34, the Lord says, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. And he goes on to say what he will do to bind up the injured and so forth. Here, in Ezekiel 34, God is saying he is like the good shepherd. He is the shepherd. He will be the shepherd for the sheep, and he will seek them. So what a powerful uh, allusion to Jesus making that reference to the Old Testament. Here, in the, old, in the context of Ezekiel 34, there was these leaders in Israel, these, these shepherds, as they would be called, of the sheep of Israel, that were not taking care of the sheep, that were neglecting them, that were uh, even abusing them. And because of that, God was, God was angry, and he was rebuking these shepherds, and he was saying he would be the shepherd for the sheep. So now Jesus is equating himself with the shepherd, saying he would seek and save the lost. And so there's another nugget of truth that comes from the context of the Old Testament, and that's why it's almost so important to know the context of Scripture. And we'll be looking at that more in a future podcast about the, knowing the context of Scripture as we study. And so until then, I'm th thankful that we can look at this together, how important it is to to listen to our shepherd, to know his word, to, to not just hear him, not just know about him, but to to hear and show our devotion, show, show our, our willingness to follow him, that we truly believe him by obeying him, by doing what he says. And so let's, let's recommit ourselves to his word, to knowing his word, to, to abiding in his word, and, and in that knowing him and walking with him, a more each day. So, Lord, help us, help us to do that. Help us to follow after you more each day, and to be like it talks about here, coming the cost. Let us be committed, Lord. And if there's anything you ask us to do, that to give up anything or to put down something in order to follow you better, uh, we pray you would show us what that is, Lord. And we thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit in us, in your presence. And we. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore.